these sorts of salaries, whatever they might be, seven million, eight million, ten million, are a relic of the past. And as part of the downsizing that the industry is experiencing, even the most notable names are going to have to take a haircut. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Wednesday, February 28th. Today, I'm joined by Dylan Byers, who explains why former CNN anchor Don Lemon was reportedly paid out around $24 million for the remainder of his contract after being forced out of the network last year. How long can TV news afford these monster talent paychecks? We also dissect another bad earnings call for Warner Brothers Discovery and whether patience with CEO David Zasloff is running thin. We'll discuss all that and much, much more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the powers that be. It is February 28th. It is not the last day in February. You got one more day to go in the sleep year. Ah, goodbye, February. I can't wait for you to go. Daylight Savings will be here soon, everybody, for Daylight Savings super fans uh, like myself. Remember, the extra hour of daylight is way, way worth losing an hour of sleep. Don't be a sourpuss. I'm joined today by Dylan Byers to talk all things media. We're going to talk about a not very good earnings call for David Zaslov and Warner Brothers Discovery and how long... People will have patience with Zaz heading that company. But first, I want to talk about something kind of incredible, Dylan, which is we just learned this week that Don Lemon, who was ousted from CNN last year after a series of you know missteps, uh, I think the final blow was him basically saying that Nikki Haley was not in her prime. Uh, he got paid approximately $24.5 million dollars as part of his separation deal, basically, you know, reportedly, from what I've read, the amount of money that Don was set to receive if his contract basically ran through. So basically, CNN, uh, also part of the Warner Brothers Discovery Cinematic Universe, is basically paying out Don's contract. Whatever you think about, you know, how much money this is in terms of his separation agreement, I was just, like, I kind of notionally am aware of how much TV news anchors get paid. Um, Their deals aren't totally public in the way that like, you know, Kevin Durant's deal with the Phoenix Suns might be. Um, But it's still so much money in the year 2023 uh, to pay a cable news anchor. Am I am I being crazy here? I mean, like, you know, for I'm putting aside, by the way, talent, whatever you think of Don, like talented broadcaster, charismatic broadcaster in the year 2005, if you had said he's getting paid $8 million a year or whatever it is, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, there are so many 
different kinds of media content out there that, while difficult to monetize, are getting so many more viewers than like an hour of cable news. So were you as surprised as I was that this number was this high or you're just so in, in the weeds of this reporting that you're like, yeah, this is what it well, is. Crazy. Well, right? no, I mean, look, a, a few things. Generally, the the economics are out of whack here. Right. And we can get to that. A, a few micro points first. One, not to split hairs. I don't I don't think it was actually 20, 24.5. I think it was probably closer to 20 million than, than 25 million. But whatever. Still a significant amount of coin. It's also, I think, important to understand that part of the reason this number is so high is because, uh, not not to go back to my favorite chew toy, but um, when Chris Licht organized that whole uh, uh, disastrous <laughs> morning show, part of the incentive to get sort of, you know, like comfort Don Lemon with his uh, defenestration from primetime, shall we say, is he basically jacked up the salary. And so mm. to a... I'm not sure what the figure is, but a figure that belongs to, you know, a, a day in cable media, in cable news that is fast fading. And uh, these deals are usually three years or four years. And so by virtue of that, when you give a guy a promotion and then you ax him months later, mm-hmm. you have to pay him out for what is multiple years at now a higher price. Someone with enough foresight to see that. The Don Lemon, Caitlin Collins show was never going to work, might have uh, moved those chess pieces around a little bit differently, and and then it would not have been such a staggeringly high figure. Uh, that said, good for Don. Uh, if, if someone wants to give me uh, $20 million, uh, I will take it. I, I will leave anywhere or go anywhere for it. So good for him. But more broadly, these sorts of salaries, whatever they might be, $7 million, $8 million, $10 million, are a relic of the past and in in as part of the downsizing that the industry is experiencing even the most notable names are going to have to take a haircut and i don't look i don't you know g- given the the sort of deals that say like Ari Emanuel has ne- and Mark Shapiro have negotiated for you know Rachel Maddow and Joe Scarborough like they might continue to get paid what they're getting paid at infinitum but for a lot of people who were who sort of got used to making, again, seven, eight, ten million dollars a year, those when those contract renewals come up, I think there are a lot of people who are going to be asked to take a little bit less. And honestly, Peter, as you and I both know, where are those people going to go? Right? Like, what leverage does someone have if you know if if someone comes to them and says, "Hey, look, we, we've been laying off hundreds of people, and as a result, your contract renewal, we are not going to bump it up as much as we might otherwise have. We might even have to take it down a little bit." Those are sort of the new economics of cable news uh, in the world we live in. Until these guys figure out a strategy to grow audience um, on streaming, which of course no one has, uh, other than Netflix, mm-hmm. has demonstrated how to do that. Yeah, and look, I would. To be fair, I would love to be Don Lemon right now. As uh, difficult as his exit from CNN was, he was there for such a long time. He gets his contract paid out. He also got out at the right time, right? I mean, like he 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 didn't know he didn't know it, but it was like the last chopper out of Saigon. Like he's he. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, Dylan. I mean, now he's launching a show on X, formerly Twitter, the the platform which. People make fun of, rightly or wrongly, like they still have some money. Uh, They're going to pay him pretty well. Like they're paying some other media personalities. We saw Don uh, recently in New York at Bill Cohan's Powers That Be Live event with David Solomon. Don was there. It sounds like he'll be able to do 
content for any number of platforms. And so, like you said, last chopper out of Saigon vibes, you make a lot of money in a traditional television career. And, and he came up through local local news and went national, like as traditional as you can get. Uh, and now he gets to play in the digital sandbox while, you know, not having to worry too much about his bank account and hopefully build an audience online uh, that that is big and satisfying. Um, you made this point to me, though, on a podcast a long time ago, like, you know, I left CNN in 2015 and, and joined Snap to do digital stuff. The nice accoutrements, the nice benefits of TV news do go away, even though you're leaving smaller audiences for more interesting pastures, the black cars go away, <laughs> you right. know, the fancy parties go away, the uh, executives patting you on the back all the time and telling you how great you are go all the way. And look, like being a mainstream journalist, it opens doors in establishment legacy places, you know, people pick up the phone when yes. CNN says they're calling. So you touched on something interesting though that I want to want to get to which is as we head into the next few years of another round of media disruption the next generation of anchors coming up. I just want to punctuate this. You don't think they're going to be making 5 6 7 million dollars a year. Do you, like how much no. is the version of Don Lemon in 2028 going to be making a year? Look, I don't I would hazard a guess that Who's the biggest name in CNN Prime? Like Kate, I, you know. Look, if, if you came up when Anderson Cooper came up, you know, I mean, he Anderson is his own is his own beast. Yeah. He's probably making like, uh, you know, north of ten million. But if you're Caitlin Collins, who's like ostensibly like the marquee name of the primetime lineup, you're probably making, you know, somewhere between. I'd say probably like two, three, maybe four million. Mm-hmm. Um, again. I would take nice. it. I'd take the salary, but <laughs> but it's not it's not what it once was, and and I think those folks will sort of be fine. I think the question is like what happens sort of down down the chain, right? Like it actually, you could actually you used to make a pretty significant chunk of change, even being like a daytime anchor, right? I think mm-hmm. those those economics are changing drastically, and and I think honestly, like given how many people are actually watching, pick your network at like. Uh, you know, 11 a.m., 12, you know, 12 noon, like you don't need to pay someone who's basically going to be reading a teleprompter. They need to be savvy and capable enough to call an audible if big news breaks. Right. And they need they need to at least be like capable of, of sort of hosting the show and interviewing people and, and managing that. But it's not there are people who will do this for less money. I think just going back to the Don Lemon thing for a minute. The challenge for that, you know, it's not just the the town cars and and the sort of the executives patting you on the back. I think it's also this question of influence, which you and I have talked about before, is is Mm -hmm. more people are watching every, you know, are getting their news on social media networks and what have you. And, and, you know, they're, they're the Joe Rogans of the world and who command a much bigger audience than anyone on cable. But there is sort of a sense that of being sort of influential in the conversation, right? And no matter what Don Lemon's ratings were, people sort of knew about Don Lemon and what Don Lemon was, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if they didn't watch him. And I think, I think what's really hard is that unless you are going to go out and be a total fringe propagandist of the Tucker Carlson model, like, how do you make the Don Lemon thing work on X? You know, and and what do you what do you have to do in order to break through? And I think that that's going to be a really interesting test. 
Yeah, look, I think you look at any any network or cable press release bragging about their uh, linear audience, uh, you know, slice it and dice it. Only, you know, about a quarter of those viewers are in the coveted 25 to 54 demo. That means that three quarters of the people watching uh, these shows are, are over 55. But bear with me. It just so happens that the two men uh, running for president this year are in that older demo and they watch this stuff. And so, you know, Donald Trump said Don Lemon's name all the time uh, and made him extra, extra famous. Uh, Joe Biden watches Morning Joe (laughs) every day. So, you know, as As did Trump, as did Obama. Exactly. You know, as 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 our, you know, over 55 leadership class, the gerontocracy continues to watch these shows, they will still be relevant um, in that sense because, uh, you know, Joe Biden and and Donald Trump are certainly not spending time flicking through TikTok or listening to to Rogan. Um, They're just old media dinosaurs and and old media creatures who love TV and sitting down and watching TV. So, uh, you know, while the the audience of coveted viewers is shrinking, um, the olds who have power in this country are still watching. There's another lesson here which is not dissimilar from the sort of the media industry that you and I are a part of now, which is it is very hard to go mass market, right? You even look at like the Today Show or Good Morning America and their ratings are trending down really fast. But if you have, if you focus, if you have like clarity about a specific group you're trying to reach, you can still make that work, right? Like I think Morning Joe with the political class, I think Squawk Box with the, with the, you know, like the Wall Street finance community. If, If you're clear about what you're doing there, you can actually, you, you you can build a business on that, but but trying to trying to do like the mass market thing, especially on a dying on a dying medium, is a very very hard place to be. That's a smart that's a smart point, Dylan. When we come back, I want to talk about David Zasloff and his tenure at Warner Brothers Discovery. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to the powers that be, everybody. We were just talking about CNN and Don Lemon, which is under the umbrella of Warner Brothers Discovery, run by heralded CEO David Zaslov, a.k.a. Zaz, as we call him over here at Puck quite often. On Monday, Dylan, they had yet another earnings call where investors were spooked. Zaz is doing what he said he would when he came in, which was, you know, chopped down. Uh, all of the debt they have over there. But sales fell at WBD. Streaming declined. TV ad revenue dropped by 12%. The stock fell after that, after this earnings miss, by 10%. Uh, Matt Bellany writes, tell me again why this company isn't being hounded by activist investors. Uh, You tweeted, what a disaster on Monday after Matt posted his piece. You know, at what point do we say, like, is Zaslov as great as everyone thought he was? Well, certainly in the, I think in the conversation, 
among people in the media industry. That conversation much more. Ref- I, I mean, what's interesting here, Peter, is there there are sort of like three schools of thought emerging at Puck itself over Zaz, right? So so there is the sort of like what Matt laid out, I think, very insightfully, which is this is like what what are what is this company? What does this company become? I mean, I was having I was meeting with someone earlier today who's like, at this point, you can basically buy a Frappuccino or you can buy a WBD share. And, you know, like it's like the stock is in terrible, terrible shape. Um, And then there's this sort of like Bill Cohen theory, which is, well, he said he was going to set out to reduce the debt and he's Mm -hmm. actually reducing the debt at at a pretty impressive clip. I I sort of I'm sort of somewhere in the middle, but I think I gravitate a little bit more now toward toward what Matt put out there, which is just unless there is some master plan for the next deal and that that next deal is somehow going to save his skin it is really hard to look at those numbers that Matt put out and look at the salary that these guys are making, like the compensation they are giving themselves. And and to wonder, as Matt did, like, why isn't there a Nelson Peltz coming after coming after Zaz and WBD? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like what 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 is this company? What does it become? And and you know, but for like I, I think Casey Bloys keeping HBO like alive and well, like what what are you doing to this company? And I mean, you know, down here in my little corner, I focus on CNN. I, I'm all for. I'm. Trust me. I. I'm. I wish Mark Thompson the best of luck with his digital strategy. He has not yet really articulated one. No one is watching CNN anymore, and it, we're in an election year. And on primary nights, they're they're they are now losing to MSNBC. Right. So like, the the studio is not in great shape. Uh, they don't have anything. As Julie Alexander, our colleague, pointed out, there's not really anything on the horizon for them, in terms of like a. Another like summer of Barbie that I can see. Mm-hmm. They've totally decimated the news network and scared the hell out of everybody who works there. Uh, like I said, Casey's keeping HBO alive, but like the stocks in the toilet. Like what? I, I I don't know, and I don't know what what person is going to what potential acquisition target or merger partner is going to look at the stewardship of WBD so far and decide that that's who they want to get in bed with. The guys at WBD have always talked about, like, it, the cost-cutting, sure, it's effective. The debt reduction, sure, it's effective. They've always talked like they've got a grand plan coming 18 months down the line. It's been 18 months since the last time I heard that. What, what, <laughs> What is this company doing? And as for the scrutiny on the media side, yeah, look, we have. it's not like people put Zaz through the ringer the way I think Chris Lickup put through the ringer, but, like, he's not had favorable press for a while. And I think the conventional wisdom, certainly in the, in the wake of that, New York Times magazine profile is sort of like he is he is no longer viewed as the sort of like hero or white knight of Hollywood. In fact, it is just the opposite. Yeah, I mean, he certainly made a lot of enemies during the strikes uh, and, you know, for making so much money while writers <laughs> and directors and actors uh, were not. Um, he, he said he mentioned, by the way, on the earnings call that the strike was a big reason why the last quarter and the one before that were so challenging. Uh, is that just an excuse? I mean, like, look, it's also, it's also like in fairness to him and Sarah Fisher had a piece on this yesterday using some of Axios's very nice data viz. They're always good at like yes, doing a chart. One big thing, no new viewers, no version of TV, not cable, not streaming. No one is able to meaningfully grow an audience right now. There simply aren't many new viewers to be found on any platform or through any 
means. I mean, like mm-hmm. skinny bundles, streaming, like even if people are like cutting the cord and signing up for like a streaming subscription, turns out, again, according to Axios, they're also canceling streaming subscriptions all the time. And, and people have been doing that, especially over the last couple of years when prices and inflation were high. I mean, it's just it seems like a no win situation for him. Yeah. But again, to sort of use the CNN analogy, just because a lowering tide lowers all boats doesn't mean you need to go underwater faster than everyone else. Right. Like there there are ways. Look, Iger is not in great shape right now, but yet through like his peculiar brand of magic he waves like Taylor Swift and, you know, a, a <laughs> major investment in video games. And the market's sort of like, okay, maybe we believe in this guy again. And he holds Nelson Peltz and all those guys off for a little bit longer. Like, there's no magic happening at WBD at all. And um, there is no reason reason to believe, right, in like the well-being of that company at the moment. And it is hard, again, to just weigh the company's performance against the compensation package and not just feel like this is like, uh, yeah, I don't know, he's driving the company to the ground and, and and getting richer in the process. Now, look, I there are a lot of people over at WBD who I like, who are very smart. I, again, I want to believe that, they're, um, that they have some sort of master plan, but it's been a long, long time. And I think people, and certainly shareholders, of course, are, are, are growing wary uh, of, of the leadership right now. I will finish with a text I got from a uh, screenwriter friend uh, a couple days ago after the earnings call. Uh, And I feel comfortable reading this on the pod because over time we have been very positive toward David Zaslav and said many positive things about him. But here is a quote from a writer in Hollywood after the earnings call. He took a storied American entertainment company and burned it to the ground to unsuccessfully try to please Wall Street while cashing in himself. Why is he to be admired in any way? What value has he ever brought to the world? God, I hate his vests so much. Uh, again, dark background quote, but as we've said plenty of nice things about you at Puck too, so I'm going to end, end it there. Dylan, thanks for joining me, buddy. Thank you, Peter. Good, good luck to everybody. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.